Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack, and today we're going to devote the full show to just a single topic, the crypto craze. So one week ago, the price of Bitcoin was around $9,500 per coin. Then by Tuesday afternoon, it briefly soared above 14000 per coin, spurred by Facebook's Libra announcement. In fact, things got so heated that a couple of crypto exchanges, including market leader Coinbase, crashed yesterday, sending the price way down. And as of this taping, it's at around 11600 per coin, so kind of in the middle of the week's volatility. The rise and fall may have been driven by retail investors, uh, some trying to front run, others trying to pocket their winnings. But the real story is how so many in- institutions, from big banks to credit card processors to big name investment firms, are finally coming around on the idea of cryptocurrencies as an inevitable and legitimate part of the future global financial system. Not just blockchain as a buzzword, but cryptocurrencies as, well, currencies. The trouble, of course, is that no currency can be viable with such pricing tumult, which is part of the idea behind Libra, which is a so-called stablecoin, initially pegged to a group of low volatility assets and kind of sort of backed by Facebook's massive balance sheet. There's more centrality than crypto purists are comfortable with, although Mark Zuckerberg stressed yesterday at the Aspen Ideas Festival that Facebook is to be just one of 100 Libra consortium members and that the ultimate Libra goal is to eventually become decentralized. In short, become so trusted that it doesn't need a reserve, kind of like fiat currency. But Libra isn't the only centralized crypto project announced over the past week. Another is called Decentral, which basically wants to become the crypto world's federal reserve. And not coincidentally, one of the people involved with it is Stephen Moore, who recently was to be nominated by President Trump to join the Federal Reserve as a governor, but then pulled his name after strong media pushback against both his qualifications and past comments, including about women. So can there really be a central bank for a decentralized technology like cryptocurrency? In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Stephen Moore. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. We're joined now by Stephen Moore. Just to begin here, are you definitely part of Decentral? And I only ask that because you told the Washington Post you'd decide in the next month whether or not to join, but on CNBC seem to use words like we and us when describing the project. We're coming to the final round of our negotiations, and I'm certainly an investor, and I may be announced as sort of the uh, economic advisor to the company, which would be a great honor for me to do that. And nothing is official yet, but we're certainly closing in on it. When you say you invested, did you invest dollars? Did you buy tokens? What does invest in Decentral mean? Traditional equity funding? Yes, equity funding. So I have some equity interest in the company and then a lot of my time and energy in the last uh, in a month or so, just uh, helping the founders of the company really get it all aligned so that as they do this second round of uh, capital investment, that everything goes well. And, and it, it is going well. It's a, it's a company that I think is an up-and-comer, and I think it could really be a major player in the cryptocurrency market. The basic pitch here is a central bank for cryptocurrencies, which by at least the original intent were to be decentralized. So can you help me reconcile the inherent contradiction of a central bank for a decentralized technology? <laughs> well, that's the whole point really is that uh, we think too much of the uh, currency market right now is 
obviously totally dominated by government. And governments are slow and they are oftentimes inefficient, just as you know we see in so many other industries. And because of the inefficiency of government and government currencies and the fact that they lack stability and so on, they haven't adapted to the new technological digital age. There is a real opening for private competitors. And that's exactly what decentral will be. It's a decentralized bank in the sense that it's not, you know, it's the opposite of a central bank, you know, that you see with the Fed. But it's centralized in the sense of we know who the couple people are who are going to be in charge of it. You talked about having equity in it as opposed to, say, Bitcoin, which there's no owner of Bitcoin. There's no equity in Bitcoin. You don't know who has 5% or 10% of the market. Well, that's true. You know, so it's an entirely different model from Bitcoin. And look, I think Bitcoin is fine. I think it's been an innovator in the market. But, you know, if you look at what's happened to the price of the uh, Bitcoin, it's been a roller coaster ride, right? And one of the purposes of having a currency goes back to the very Economics 100. Why do you have a currency? Currency has value because it retains its value. And these alternative currencies that bounce around at up and down in price, that makes it more of a speculation. We're actually going to tie the value of the tokens under Decentral to the dollar. When you say you're going to tie it, I assume you mean in terms of fluctuations of value, correct? Or are you actually going to have basically the, call it the gold standard of crypto? In other words, is there going to be actual dollars that are sitting in an account somewhere which back all decentral tokens? Well, that's a good question. One of the reasons they brought me in is to do some of the economic consulting. And what we were thinking a lot about is how do you actually execute this? What kind of economic model will we use so that we can ensure, you know, let's say that, for example, the value of these tokens rises relative to the dollar. How do we adjust the supply and demand of the tokens so that they stay in alignment with the dollar? And you could do that by owning and selling one possibility. And these are just possibilities to just own government bonds that could be sold and bought as a way to stabilize the tokens relative to the dollar. Let's just say you did government bonds, for example, but you're talking here about a central bank for cryptocurrencies, which is a market in the tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars right now. To do that, wouldn't that mean that Decentral has to basically raise hundreds of billions of dollars and, and then use it to go buy government bonds? Well, I wouldn't say hundreds of billions, but tens of know, billions? possibly billions. And, and so, by the way, that you're, you're identifying you know, one thing that could be problematic with that approach. And again, these are all just ideas at this point. And that's why we're raising the next round of capital to put the economic model together to figure out how we can – this is the trick, right? How do you keep these tokens aligned with the dollar so that effectively – you know, one token is worth $1. And another way of doing that is basically just through supply and demand. That is to say, let's say that the tokens are appreciating in value relative to the dollar. That means that there are too few of these tokens and you'd want to inject more of them into the market. And similarly, let's say that the tokens are depreciating relative to the dollar, then you would effectively buy them, you know, take them out of the market so that you're adjusting the supply of these token so that they stay aligned with the value of the dollar. That gives you guys as a company or kind of as the overseer here, basically an arbitrage opportunity, correct? Which I assume is how you, I mean, you made a comment to Fox Business Network about how you hope this will make you rich. I mean, am I correct saying that's where the profit as a company would come from? Yeah, from being the originators of this. You know, the point is that we would see a big demand. We think this could really take off and it could be a more effective alternative currency than, for example, the Libra, which I think one of the, look, I think that's going to be the, obviously the 800-pound gorilla in this market. They've already have billions and billions of dollars of investment, but Libra is being tied to a market basket of currencies, and I'm not so sure that's as wise as just tying it to the dollar. The dollar has been stable. All these other currencies have bounced around a lot, and so 
we think that's our big advantage that we have over some of our competitors. And this is an issue for Libra too, but arguably a bigger one for you guys, which is to make this work, this isn't just create a token and hope lots of people buy it. The token in part is people are basically going to trade in, whether they're Bitcoin or they're Ether or some other cryptocurrencies in exchange, in theory, in exchange for decentral tokens. As you said, you guys kind of become the central bank. To do that, though, you need to get other cryptocurrency project developers on board with you, correct? And given how so many of these developers are call it ideologically tied, libertarian ideology tied to decentralization. How are you going to convince them to work with you? I don't know how much of their you know, support we're going to need, but possibly some. And so I don't really know if I know the answer to that. But we think if we've got a good enough product that you know, we will break out and we, you know, we could be one of the leading forces in the crypto area. I mean, I think my biggest worry right now, what keeps me up at night is because we think we're going to have a really solid product. And, and really, the point of this is it's for digital currency. You know, it's, it's a digital currency that's, that through blockchain will allow people to make uh, transactions that are outside the realm of government interference. And there's big privacy advantages to this. And I, I cringe when I hear people say, oh, my gosh, the only reason to have these is if you're a drug dealer, or if you want to, you know, are involved in some kind of illicit activity. It's not the only reason, but it's a good reason isn't it? It's not the only reason, no doubt. It, it's a much bigger market. I guess it's kind of the not all rectangles are squares, but vice versa. Like you don't have to be a drug dealer to use crypto, but it, if you're going to be a drug dealer, crypto is a good way to go. Well, that's like saying, you know, anything that increases your privacy is somehow going to encourage people who are criminals to be involved in it. I mean, my point is that there are millions and millions of you know people who are obviously law-abiding, they're honest. They just want the privacy. Of, and then they also want to be feeling that this is something they can count on more than governments and, and politicians who run our currency. And my point I was driving at is that our big worry is that government will now come in. I mean, this is a real threat to central banks, right? And they're not too happy about it. You can see that the Fed last week said, well, we're going to have to start investigating, you know, Libra. And the SEC is saying, well, we, this is a security. We're going to have to regulate it through the SEC. And then the Commodities Futures Trading Corporation saying, oh, well, this is really a commodity. We have to regulate it. That's, I think, one of the things that could kill this. You know, this is like, I view this industry as almost like the internet, you know, circuit 1990, you know, when things were really just getting going. And the opportunities here are enormous. Will we win out? I mean, look, there are going to be, the future is going to be several very active and prominent cryptocurrencies out there, and we want to be one of them. Stephen Moore, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Take care. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great National Orange Blossom Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.